0: Download the
1: Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. We are one week away from during Josh Allen's tenure. Patrick Mahomes going to a ton of Super Bowls, Joe Burrow
2: going to a Super Bowl, and
1: Lamar Jackson going to a Super Bowl what
2: we never do is come in here oh my gosh Lamar wasn't helped by anybody poor Lamar poor Lamar no it's Lamar gotta win Lamar gotta figure out a way all this season Patrick gotta figure out a way Patrick gotta make these guys around him better they're dropping the ball but this team shouldn't look like this oh why is Patrick freaking out guess what Patrick has done he righted the ship Josh Allen had a chance it's fine to come in here and say that he played great but he didn't do enough because that's the truth
3: That is Ryan Clark debating with Dan Orlovsky about Josh Allen. We said it'd be a legacy game and there it is. Right? I didn't uh-huh. think I don't think that point is all that unfair. That he didn't do enough? No, that when it gets right down to it, mm-hmm. the way that the, the the legacies are built in football, especially quarterback, it's did you win? Yeah. That's really that's what it is. QB wins. We all simultaneously know quarterbacks are not a win. Uh, wins are not a quarterback stat. There's a sure. lot going on. There are Things are not equal. Opponents aren't equal. Systems aren't equal. We know that Tua is not as good as Josh Allen, but Tua threw for more passing yards than Josh mm-hmm. Allen. We know that when it comes to legacies, winning the Super Bowl is the thing. Getting to a Super Bowl is the thing. MVPs are mm-hmm. the thing. And in those... Allen, for reasons beyond his control, often has come up short. I I don't think that's wrong to say for Ryan Clark. I mean, it's you don't have to agree with it. Yep. But I don't think it's crazy to say it like that. I mean, Allen tough because. But, but, like, but, but let's be real. Allen on the final drive of the game could have. Done more, done better. No, he could have. He could have. He could have stepped up in the pocket and drove the ball to
2: Khalil Shakir for a touchdown. And or, it would have been an iconic moment.
3: Or thrown it to somebody else on second and third and played. Yeah. Again, that doesn't yep. mean like you think. Wow, he blew it. That's that's not how you feel. It's just in the moment. Mm-hmm. Could you have done more? He could have. He did make one of the craziest throws. Yes, he
2: did of the NFL season uh, on a touchdown to Khalil Shakir. I mean, it is it. I get it. It's tough the day after to hear that, though, because I d- could he have done more in that game specifically. Again, like maybe there were spots here and there where he could have, but I felt like he did all he was supposed to. Right? He did. D- he did the job. I I don't put that loss on him. I don't. I, it will go on his resume. He this this is where my frustration even grows with the Bills even more. Whose fault is it that Josh Allen's face is now across graphics all over social media that he's 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? Is that his fault?
3: No. It's 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 more not his fault than it is his fault. Right, I'll bring back the Mike Florio from NFL Network, not from Pro Football Talk. I'll bring back that tweet and get some more calls here. That in three Bills Chiefs playoffs games, Mahomes has nine touchdowns. The Chiefs have averaged 36 yards per game. The Bills defense has not forced a turnover or a sack. Any other team loses by multiple touchdowns. Fact: the games have been close. Speaks to Allen's greatness, not against it. I
2: mm-hmm.
3: think it's a f- totally fair point. The Bills have been close to beating a team that routinely walks up and down the field on them. On their defense, their defense had a terrible day. They did the last time they played. And the time before they played, all in the postseason. They have their worst days in the postseason. So eight oh three oh five fifty. I I liked that point. To this to back that up, when the Bengals beat Mahomes in the yeah. playoffs, the Bengals yeah. forced two picks and four sacks when they beat him. The Bucks, two interceptions and five sacks in the Super Bowl. Those are one game. Yeah. The Bills have had zero sacks and zero interceptions in three matchups. Right. And what was the
2: thing Lou Anarumo got talked about? For, like he changed things up, right on the on the Chiefs. They rushed three. They rushed three. They had that delayed blitzer. They had a spy that they were using. They were mixing up coverages. Like they were doing a bunch of different things because hey, we're trying to figure out what works against this guy. We'll even rush only three guys. Let's try that. See if it works. Oh, it's working. Let's do it. The Bills trot out the same formation, the same scheme, the same everything every time they play them. It's why Mahomes said last year that the Bills are a better matchup than the Bengals. It's it, what he didn't say that because of Josh Allen. He said that because Sean McDermott's defense. McDermott's face should really be one of the one graphic that says zero three against Andy Reid in the playoffs.
3: His former boss beats him every time. Eight oh three oh five fifty Mo in New Jersey. Next up, go ahead, Mo.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Morning, good Mo. Yeah, so I mean, along the lines of what you guys were just saying, Sean McDermott. Um, it's not why I called specifically, but I just I just don't like he's a great regular season coach. There's no question about that. But in the playoffs, in these big moments, he just comes up small. The reason I called though was because of our offensive coordinator. I, you know, we love our guys. Like that's the one thing about us as Bills fans. We love our guys, right? Brady's one of our guys now. I would love for him to succeed, but I just don't think that he is the answer. I watched the game. I watched Jordan Love going up and down the field. Matt LaFleur, obviously he's their coach. He calls their offensive plays. There's more creativity, oh so it seems, in their offense to get players wide open, running around the field, and pretty much went toe-to-toe with San Francisco, right? And here we are our coach is telling our offensive coordinator whether or not it's true, but hey, let's run, run, run. Let's take the ball out of our best player's hand and try to limit the possessions because we're afraid of the other guy on, this, uh, on the other side of you know, the field. And it's just, it's that mentality. Like, we need somebody to come in and challenge McDermott right? Whether or not, you know, it's somebody like Cliff Kingsbury or whomever, just it's somebody that can... Say, hey, look, this is what we need to do. We need to design the offense on Josh Island. We need to pull the ball more. I love running the ball, but like you guys said yesterday, where did running the ball get us, right? It just put us where we are now, looking towards next season. It's just sickening, and it ends every single year. I love Sean McDermott. I don't think he's going to get fired, at least not this season. But we really need to start looking outside the organizations for different answers. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of why I called.
3: Thanks, Mo. Outside the organization, I mean,
2: I don't even expect like that. That kind of sounds to me like what's happening in Philadelphia right now. Which, if you don't know what's happening there, it sounds like Ron Rivera is going to end up their defensive coordinator because him and the owner like know each other Mm -hmm. and are friends. And there's a sentiment there that Sirianni isn't even picking his coordinators anymore. Like he doesn't have that much power. He's not getting fired, but that even that. You know, you can. I think you can rightly say I don't. There's no expectation that Sean McDermott's not going to be their head coach. I also have no expectation that the current setup, which seems to be that Bean doesn't have the authority to fire fire him, and McDermott has autonomy over who his coaches are. I I don't expect any change in that situation either. If if McDermott wants to stay in house, they're going to stay in house for all of it. Yeah, I mean, they elevated a guy in house. And that went- they did bring in, by the way. I That's mean, right. everyone was- comes originally from somewhere else. Although, actually, wait a minute. Now they say that Joe Brady was like a William and Mary guy. So I don't know how far back his roots really do go back with McDermott. So I expect Joe Brady to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Instead of going and hiring, you know, whoever just got fired as a head coach or going and bringing in. What did the Ravens do? The Ravens. Had Harbaugh ever worked with Todd Monken before, or did he just know, hey, this guy was really good at Georgia? Yeah. That's kind of something McDermott did, right, when he hired Brian Dable. Let me go hire the best offensive coordinator in college football, Brian Dable. Let's let's bring him in. I don't know him, but let's do it. He's from here. He probably wants to come back. I mean, well, imagine if next week they they announced that they were hiring who? Chip Kelly. <laughs> Right, That probably wasn't the right name
3: to pick, but he, I know he was in college. I think it's going to be Joe Brady. Yeah, I think so too. And that doesn't have to be a problem. I mean, it just, I mentioned this earlier, it gets down to wherever they go in the draft, we kind of make our own assumptions about how much control McDermott has on the roster. And if mm-hmm. they go defensive tackle linebacker in their first two picks, yeah. it's going to feel like Negligence again, right? How many, how, again, how many right?
2: positions? It's, it's safety and it's D-line, by the way, for the defense, right? And sure, with Rasul Douglas
3: and Christian Benford at corner, you don't have to do it
2: now. And if Trey White's still on the roster and Tyree yeah. Elam is still on the roster, like, that's four names already. Yeah, Taron Johnson's still here. Yeah, and the linebacking core, I mean, if everyone's healthy, it's Bernardo Milano forever. So, or at least for the time being. So defensive line and safety. safety. And receiver.
3: And receiver. Man, I hope receiver wins that battle. <laughs> well, I'm going to do the thing I've done for three years now, which is they need a receiver so badly it's obscene. I will defend second-round receiver. I will, I'm will. i not going to get yeah. that mad day one because day two receivers, there's tons of good options, and this class is amazing. So, you know, I, I, I will drive the train and then immediately defer to not going to panic until mm-hmm. they pass on it in round two. There's a lot of good round two. There always is. Yeah. Well, this is
2: where... The, the Even this can go to Sunday. They should have already had this player in the building. Because now you're looking at Gabe Davis is going to walk out the door. It's what he sounded like yesterday. And if Gabe Davis is gone... Okay, second-round rookie. That can work, by the way, right away. I'm not saying it can't. Rashi Rice Rash- 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 Rash just stepped up for the Chiefs in the second half of the year. It can. But you're now counting on a rookie to basically replace being your number 2 boundary receiver. Versus, had you already had the guy in the house, you would know, you would have a better idea of whether that guy's capable of it or the guy would be into year 2 or year 3, you'd feel more comfortable with him assuming Gabriel Davis's role. And on Sunday when Davis missed, you wouldn't have had a special teamer as your number 2 boundary receiver, you would have had that rookie ready to go. Yep. I mean, this is this is very off-season talk, but I mean, what I really am going to want to see them do is do that with a second-round rookie and also go get your 1-year, 7-million-dollar Emmanuel Sanders. Right. So that you ha- you're not one injury away or oh, the rookie's not as good as we thought. We we got unlucky. We got our Nikhil Harry instead of, or our um, Quentin Johnston instead of our Zay Flowers. So, oh, it's okay though. We got this veteran here too. Like they they need they need lots of help at that position because Davis sounds like he's not going to be a part of it. They would have needed a receiver even if Davis was still under contract.
3: The receivers that are available in free agency, I mean, it, it it's a good class, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good class. Like
2: Pittman, I know, and is I out might there. Even,
3: I might even want to say that. Prices should be down because of the draft class.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: There's a right. There's a whole... That happened last year. Right. There's yeah. 30 guys that are going to come in for cheap. And that should keep prices somewhat reasonable at receiver in free agency. My guess is you could find a guy... There might even be a good number of guys down on this list that wait until post-draft to sign. Mm-hmm. But here's your free agent list of receivers. Mike Evans. I mean, you want that guy? No, it's going to be expensive. Yep. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Paris Campbell, you said Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley. Yep. T. Higgins. Yep. Big one. Tyler Boyd might be that one-year, $8 million guy, no? Yep. Then, too, then there's going to that? be like your flyer territory, like Sterling Shepard. Is that a flyer guy? Yeah.
2: Even that. A guy like that.
3: Yep. Someone that is has started in the league,
2: like consistently. Not... Again they were one injury away from a guy who's played plenty more snaps at gunner in his <laughs> career than wide receiver. Yeah. I mean last year it was the same thing. Gabe Davis missed a game against the Titans. Who started? Jake Kumaro, who same thing, played more snaps at gunner. That's where my, don't be an injury away from your gunner having to play important snaps as your number 2 outside receiver.
3: Eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Matt Beauvais is going to join us bottom of the hour, getting ready for Sean McDermott's press conference, end of season, which will be today, uh, eleven o'clock. Then Brandon being around noon. We hope to carry both live. I was thinking about the game yesterday and how just monumentally disappointing it was to lose that game to the mm. Chiefs. In part, Joe, because I don't know. Like I, I, I think I spent that day thinking it would be different this time. And you know, I'm sure Bills fans kinda of do this. When I when I tuned into the Extra Point Show with Sal, you and Sal yesterday, you know, as he's talking about just how sad it all is that it comes to an end, that Bills fans pour themselves into this, I kinda of actually felt that I mean, I always do, but yesterday especially just because you know, you start mm. to believe maybe this is actually the year that they, they do something. And if they'd gotten by the Chiefs, I I don't know, I feel like they could beat Baltimore. Maybe, maybe not. I feel like they could. Yeah, I maybe mean, they their, would be underdogs
2: for th- sure. Three
3: point underdogs. They, yeah. they would have been a, less of an underdog than the Chiefs. The look ahead lines had them less of an underdog yeah. as the Chiefs. And then the NFC, like, all right, the Niners, McDermott has generally had answers against those kind of defenses, but maybe not with the health situation they had. I mean, A.J. Mm-hmm. Klein, Dane Jackson, like, you're going to get picked on by the best offensive coordinators in the league. And yeah. they did. They got picked on. The, the The troubling thing for me is when you are healthy, they've picked on you too. You right, know, We've gone over the Mahomes numbers. We've gone over the last four playoff elimination numbers. Teams average three and a half points per drive against this defense in their last four playoff elimination games. and that is I going to say like obnoxious, absurd. And it's, this it's, was- it's incredible how much success these teams have had against this defense four straight yeah. years. And this chief's team was supposed to be different supposed to be their weakest version of themselves. Yeah. And they it, they it, faced a weak version of your defense because of the injuries, and they lit you up. And they made some plays, I know. But the Chiefs have played bad defenses this year.
2: The Raiders are not a great defense. They they kept the Chiefs in check multiple times this year. I mean, they played teams that weren't all that good, and even with an A.J. Klein in the Bills maybe were about as good as who? The... the uh, how about the bengal defense at the end of the year and that's a game where mahomes was okay they ran the ball a lot in that game the eagle game is really the one to point to earlier in the year the eagles at linebacker might have been as bad as the bills were on sunday those guys can't cover a no- they can't cover a nosebleed anything and they kept the chiefs to 17 points they they found a way they had their success how come this bills defense couldn't do it because right. yes you had your injuries but this is not the normal chiefs this isn't an injured Bills defense against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kel- fifteen hundred yard Travis Kelsey. This is against nine hundred yard Travis Kelsey and a rookie receiver who didn't even do all that much in the game. And behind that, it's just a, it's a bunch of guys.
3: The number one thing I want to know from this game, and I, I won't be there today at McDermott's press conference. I hope someone asks this, but I want to follow up on Tyler Bass, who has deactivated his Instagram and. Social media, yeah, like has, all of the social has media. It's presumably yeah. been hit with tons of, you know, hate and insults from probably not even from Bills fans. Who knows? Maybe maybe non Bills fans just want to take a shot at a guy because it's social media. Or maybe he just doesn't want to see it in passing. Right? Like maybe, if yeah. you're
2: if you're on Twitter if he's on Twitter, for instance, and he's just scrolling through, even if it's not directed at him, he'll
3: probably see it. Yeah. Then again, it probably was Bill's fans. I mean you you tweeted out a video of Gabe Davis and Bill's fans getting into a shouting match after the game. So yeah. it, it, it's ugly. But what I want to know is, what down, what distance would McDermott have gone for a fourth down when they kicked the field goal? Because, uh, listen, I'm not the computer New York Times bot that runs the numbers, but let's just mm. let's do a, a, a quick run of the numbers. What are the chances that Bass makes that kick? It's not an easy kick. 44 yards? Yeah. Right? He'd missed a bunch of those this year. Not yeah. an easy kick. He's yep. not at a good postseason. What are the odds he makes that kick? Okay. F- take that number, factor it over here. What are the odds you get a stop on defense of Mahomes? I don't think anybody loves those odds. Let's right. say you do. Now you're in, o- in, a, in a minute and 40, right. nonetheless. With with timeouts they had. Yeah, yeah, A minute 40. Let's say you get that stop. Now you're in overtime. What are the chances you win? 50-50? Let's call it a coin toss. Yep. So you were hoping for a kick, a stop, to get to 50-50. Yeah. What, what would you have gone for? It's fourth and four. Do you go for it? Because the best chance I think the Bills had to actually win that game and, mm. and steal it in a way would be they're going to go for the fourth down here because they're going to try and score a touchdown. Yeah, late enough that Mahom not even Mahomes can answer the way he has answered them so many times before. One of the it's funny one of the fun moments of the game that kind of gets lost if you weren't there at the game maybe you don't you would know about this and I wonder if you would remember this you were there at the game. Mm. The Chiefs had a drive with 26 seconds left, 20 seconds left, Mm -hmm. maybe 21. End of the half? End of the half. Yeah. They threw the ball and got a minus play and a holding, and then they kneeled it out. Yeah. And you know how it goes, Joe? Sensitive subject. Boy, 20 seconds. That is enough for Mahomes to put three on the board. Yeah. And the Bills made the stop. And as time ticks out, there's a big, big growing cheer in the stadium at halftime. Yeah. That had the vibe of halfway there. Yeah. You're halfway there. You're winning, you're at home, finish the job. You stopped them. I know it's I know stopping them with 20 seconds left in the half is but you, that that was important. You, yes it was. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it, even it, for psyche. You always know those could be points. The
2: Chiefs remember I pointed out on Twitter the, the week leading up that the regular season meeting after 13 seconds the Chiefs drove down 35 yards with 12 seconds left to kick a field goal. Yeah.
3: Which is hilarious. Right. (laughs) It's insane. They had 20. They had more than enough. So I hope he gets asked today. But they were getting an ovation as they ran off the field. That's right. I want to know today, was there a fourth down distance you would have gone for that? You know, fourth and an inch? Do you push for it? Maybe. Do you go for fourth and five? Don't we think he for sure would have gone for it on like fourth and one? Fourth and one I think they would have. But 4th and
2: 4. 4th and 4. 4th and 4, I without even looking at the numbers, that you've got to go for that. There's no way that your chances of, like, like you said, getting the kick, getting the stop, and then getting uh, the win in overtime when it's 50-50 is higher than the Bills getting 5 yards. Right. Even as as pedestrian as they were
3: on offense, and they were getting the 5-6 yards. And beyond that, it's a, it's a day where they they knew they couldn't stop. The Chiefs. Right. You know you can't. That's why they
2: did a fake punt, isn't that, it? That's why they, they did, fake that. punted. Why'd they do the fake punt? They did the fake punt because they knew they couldn't stop the Chiefs. Everything
3: they did was, you know, why'd they run clock? Why'd they run on second and shorts? Because they wanted to shorten the game because they felt like they couldn't stop the Chiefs. And when did they decide that? Was it early on? Because this is another thing that yesterday and, you know, chatting with people on Twitter and arguing, fighting about the game. When did we decide that the Chiefs were simply, they, they're just too good? Can't possibly imagine stopping them because that was not the thought going into the game until the injuries showed up. So, right, And then the Bills were winning a red zone battle. It's 17-13. You can win the game by just being better in the red zone. And somewhere along the way it was decided they're simply too good. You can't stop them. Okay, what fourth down distance would you have gone for that? I think they should have gone for fourth and nine Mm -hmm. because I thought the kick was a death sentence. 803-0550. Eight oh 550 We'll see if uh, that does come up today with Sean McDermott. He'll speak with the media coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll carry that for you. Brandon Bean, 12 o'clock. Jeremy and Joe, Matt Beauvais is going to join us on the other side. He does the podcast with Sal. It's always game day in Buffalo. We'll take some
2: Call from mom. Answer it.
3: Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Your calls get Matt's thoughts wrapping up the season as we all head into off-season mode. Take your calls, chat about it, have a good time together as best we can. It is uh, you know off-season Tuesday here on WGR.
2: That window of opportunity definitely shows itself on paper, right? And then you go through a season and that window of opportunity can show itself through heart and effort. And I think with people that are here that are driving the spirits of our team, our window of opportunity will always be there. Like, as long as we have a McDermott as our coach, I'm confident in everything that we have to do to win. Bill's offensive lineman Dion Dawkins to get some tickets away. Be Caller 5 right now when a four-pack of tickets for a one-day admission to the 2024 Buffalo Auto Show coming to the Buffalo Convention Center. 716-221-4WGR Caller 5 Thursday, February 1st through Sunday, February 4th for the Auto Show. Go to BuffaloAutoshow.com for tickets and details.
3: Digging through the Bills game, locker room audio for locker cleanout and uh, on to the offseason. We'll bring in Matt Bove of WKB, WKBW sports director and uh, co-host of "It's Always Game Day" in Buffalo, with Sal Capaccio, Matt joins us on the Western Hotline, Mister Bove. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How you guys doing today? Good, good. We're 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 all right. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of sleep on it Tuesday. Now that another day has passed, w- what hits you? What do you, what do you feel about whether it's the game, the off season? I feel like one day later, it's a little less emotional and a little bit more focused for a lot of fans out there?
0: I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic about the future still than I was at this time yesterday. I think that everybody is going to be talking about this whole Super Bowl window thing. I think it's a very legitimate question. And I think if you're saying it's closing, that there's an argument to be made there. But I think as long as you I actually don't necessarily agree with what Deion Dawkins said before you got to me about him saying, hey, as long as Sean McDermott's here, the window's open. I think it's as long as Josh Allen is there, the window is open. I think that's why the Bills have such a bright future still. I know things are going to be a little bit dicey this year because of the salary cap, because of all the different moving parts. But I just think you always have to get to the tournament. And if you get to the playoffs, you give yourself a chance. The way the season ended, if you told us six weeks ago, I don't think anybody would have probably you know, panicked. They would have said, like, oh, wow, they still made it to the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. And I know it's a wasted year because every year you have Josh Allen in his prime and you don't get a Super Bowl. It feels like a missed opportunity. But I, it just feels like to me – They lost a football game. You know what I mean? Like, they went on a run. They won a bunch of games in a row. They played a really good team, and they lost a close game that they probably should have won. Sure, it's a massive missed opportunity, but I don't think it drastically changes anything about the future. I think we could be once again having a conversation in a year of them being a contender and, you know, hopefully getting ready to play in an AFC championship game.
3: Yeah, I guess what it gets to, part of it is, this is probably the line they at least had to get to to feel like they're still in it. And the, yeah. the the logical next question is
0: when will they
3: overachieve?
0: Ooh. They'll overachieve when they finally get playmakers around Josh Allen that elevate him to be able to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes and ultimately come out on top. And he's been able to do it in the regular season. And of all the people you want to blame for the loss, I think Josh Allen is about, is about as close to the bottom of the list as possible. It was just so clear that they did not have guys that they could trust in those big moments. We listened to everybody all year talk about how bad the Chiefs skill position players were and they dominated the Bills on Sunday. And part of it is because the Bills offense just not did not play up to their caliber in the second half. But look at some of the guys that they had out on the field. They need more people. I'm with you so the biggest priority of the offseason is go get another receiver. And then when you go get another receiver, get another one after that. And then one more after that. So I think they can elevate themselves to that absolute contender standpoint when they have those playmakers on that side of the ball where they have mismatches against teams. Because right now they really don't. Right now teams are thinking about Stephon Diggs, and they're like, okay, after that, we're not really – James Cook is a nice player. Khalil Shakir is a nice player. I really like Dalton Kincaid's potential. But right now, teams are not panicking because of those guys. They're thinking about Josh Allen and Stefan Dix.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking about this, and I wonder, you know, the Bills aren't going to want to paint themselves into a corner, but this is something that people did see coming for their, their receiver room, at least. And one injury to Gabe Davis makes it that much more obvious. I mean, maybe if Davis plays, they're better suited to handle the Chiefs. I, I wonder what Bean will say, because, you know, as you mentioned Cook and Kincaid, they've drafted those two in back-to-back drafts as ideas of matchup problems and yet what they really need is someone just play the traditional role of good at being wide receiver so I I wonder how far Bean will go he's someone that you know these end of season pressers he's not afraid to take responsibility for leaving something off the roster or not getting something done and I I almost wonder if he would go that far as to say like I, I probably didn't do a good enough job of getting weapons for Josh
0: I bet he will say he, – he he might not say it like this, but I would bet good money that his biggest regret is not having another wide receiver on this team that could be a difference maker for the offense and probably not having another guy on the defensive line that could get after – the quarterback with some interior pass rush. Now I know Ed Oliver was great, but their defensive line just got dominated on Sunday. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why they lost the game, but yeah, he's not afraid to say that. And he has said that in these situations before he's also said that they always look at the opponent that they lost to last. And that's usually a good kind of measuring stick of what they need to address. And I think that for this season, it is to an extent, but we talked about wide receiver being an issue for the entire season. You guys were talking about it before the draft last year. I thought they were going to draft a wide receiver, but then there was that run right before they picked and they took Dalton Kincaid. And I liked the pick at the time. I still like Dalton Kincaid's upside. I just think that it was so clear without Gabe Davis that you really were missing him. And I I, I know that people are very, very split on Gabe Davis. I don't think he plays for the Bills again, just based off of his comments Mm -hmm. yesterday. All that being said, Gabe Davis catches one of those deep balls to Trent Shurfield. He probably doesn't catch both, Mm -hmm. but he catches one of them, and that might completely change the game.
2: He might even catch the ball that went through Diggs' hands, right? And, and, I mean, that is too, Matt, from where we were a year ago wanting receiver to now, where I, I agree with your statement there that I think Davis has played his last game as a bill, after especially after hearing him yesterday, and with there being, there's not the questions about is Diggs happy this year as much as there is how it, it can we still rely on him to be like an elite number one. I mean, the need is even higher. The only thing that gives me any trepidation, and maybe we'll find out this from McDermott today, Matt, is what does he and what does the team want their offensive identity to really be?
0: Well, I think they want their offensive identity. To be something that they can change on a week-to-week basis. And I think there is some validity to that because of what they just did down the stretch and how they were able to kind of have a different approach to every game that they played. And in the first half of the game against the Chiefs, it felt like it was working. But then in the second half, it clearly wasn't. And then they didn't know what to do. And then that's ultimately one of the reasons why they faltered they it's so obvious though. Like you can still, if you're coach and if you're Joe Brady and you're Sean McDermott, and you still want to be able to do all of these different things, you still want to be able to run the ball. You still want to be able to incorporate your tight ends and use 12 personnel. You still need another guy. And right now they don't have one under contract who makes sense. Khalil Shakir is a really nice player, but Khalil Shakir is not going to line up outside as a number two wide receiver on most downs. So, They need somebody. So it almost isn't even like they need to tell us that they have to go get somebody or that they want to go get somebody. They have to go out and get somebody. So at this point, it's just a matter of figuring out how do they do that? Is it something that they do in free agency? Is it something they do in a trade? Is it something they do in the draft? So I think their offensive philosophy is still, we want to be able to do a bunch of different things and kind of cater that against the opponent we're playing. But, I mean, it's it's obvious, right? Yeah. You're, wide, you're not going to go into next season with your wide receivers being Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir, and who knows if Deontay Hardy's back. But, like, those three guys and Justin Shorter, you need to go get two or three more wide receivers yeah. at minimum.
3: Matt Beauvais joining us on the Western Hotline, co-host of the uh, It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast with Arcel Capaccio and sports director WKBW. Final thing for me, Matt, uh, what I wonder is, Will they get impatient? Will there be a feeling of impatient? Because they've had a couple of kind of go-for-it years, and there's talk about this one being a bit of a retool. I don't Mm -hmm. think that means they have to slide back or be bad. I guess I just wonder, you know, trust the process was a phrase that McDermott used when he showed up. And right about now is is time where they they could decide to change something drastically about how they operate, or they could just say, we're still good. We had a rough year. We'll be back. Trust the process.
0: I think that you can do a little bit of both. I don't mean for this to be a cop-out answer, but I think that change is a good thing for this team, and there are a lot of pieces that have been here that they could move on from that ultimately kind of help them with the salary cap situation, but you could also kind of add different pieces that you have not had and change the identity of the way your team is built in a little bit of a way. Like, I think for... The most of my time covering the team, it has always been about the guys on defense because it's Sean McDermott's defense, and they want to make sure that they take care of that side of the ball. And to me, I'm like, hey, no, do the opposite. Team fun. Your most important player is Josh Allen. Surround that guy with as many people as possible that are going to help them. And then you just fill in the pieces on defense. There are going to be a lot of people this offseason who say, well, they only have four defensive linemen signed into next year. They need to add defensive linemen and they have to figure out safety. Those are both valid points. But I'm not as worried about those guys and go find them wherever you need to as I am about surrounding Josh Allen with pieces. Because if Josh Allen played the game he played on Sunday, with better pieces around him, they're getting ready for another game. They were already so decimated on defense, like we saw what they were able to do. It wasn't good. So for me, it's just like, what's your fastball? It's your offense. Well, let's go all in on that. That doesn't mean you can ignore the other side of the ball completely, but if you've got a defensive-minded coach, He should be able to get the most out of the pieces that he has on that side of the ball. And then you need to make sure that there's skilled people and other people you can count on on the offensive side. That's part of having one of the only defensive minded coaches that is on a, you know, coaching a contending team. If you're going to have Sean McDermott, you've got to make him get the most out of that side of the ball and then put your resources into the offense.
3: Matt Bovay joining us. Finally, final question: What was it like uh, seeing Howard after games? Because Ooh, yeah. you know he gets stressed out. You know, and he's, after uh, Sunday's games specifically, oh, I mean, I would love he, to, he's coming gonna... in today. I, I I texted him. I said, "Why don't you come in and just yell about the Bills for a minute? Because you can't do Howard picks the Bills." Yeah, uh, he, he he gets. If, I'm sure you've noticed he gets stressed out.
0: Yeah, no, he was. It was funny because the show we did last night was an hour long. The week prior, it was only a half an hour, and he messaged us that it was good bonding time and good venting time, that extra (laughs) half an hour that we had to fill. So he was happy to do it. He was definitely annoyed, for sure. But he also, I think, kind of made us both feel a little better, myself and Joe Bascalia, because he was like, Boys, I've been doing this for years. Yeah. This is nothing new. Just get used to it. So he he was unbelievable to work with this year. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of good things to say this morning. I'm upset that I can't listen to him pick the Bills today. That's kind I of know. part of my Tuesday routine. So, you know, here we are shifting in off-season mode already. I know.
3: I, I was thinking about telling him to stop picking him to win the Super Bowl because now we're approaching jinx status for him. So hmm, we'll see. I asked,
0: him, I asked him before a show two weeks ago. Maybe it was three. I don't remember what it was. But you know, he's in at the station on Monday and then he's with you guys on Tuesday. And I'm like, Well, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna pick? I'm trying to get like the tease before he actually goes on the air and I'm like, Are you gonna pick him? And he sits there and he was like, Well, you know, it's tough. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do and whatever, but I feel like I've got like that little it's almost like knowing what's going to happen before it happens, and then I actually I'm listening to get the validation to make sure that he didn't tell me something wrong. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. Well, off we go to the off season. Matt, thanks very much. Yeah. And uh, thanks, we'll be listening with the uh, It's Always Day in Buffalo podcast. Matt Bovee there. He does it with Sal. Sal joins us coming up top of the hour. Our thanks to Matt Bovee. Here's some sports news for you. This is, oh. b- this is big, big, big. Like big- breaking news? Hey. Oh, I think I saw this. Yeah. It's big news. There's been plenty of talk about Netflix going into the live sports. Yep. They're going to have WWE Raw starting next January, and that is live sports, and that is a yeah. regular, weekly, very big event. Mm-hmm. You know. Exclusive to Netflix. Too. Yes. It's not like
2: it's going to be somewhere else, too. Raw goes to yeah. Netflix. That's big news. That is very big. They were try- they're were trying. they trying to get F1 also still, I think, so th- this could be the first of many.
3: Absolutely. How-, how long until they're bidding on NFL rights? Oh, they've got to get one soon, right? They're going to want an NFL game. Yep. I'd imagine. Eight oh three oh five fifty. They've they've moved past their disaster of the Love Is Blind live season finale. <laughs> wait, that that one just didn't air, right? Or it no, was it, was late? Like, it was like two seasons ago. Okay, I mean, but what, wait, what, it was like an hour
2: late. Is that what happened? Yes, yes. Okay, the, the
3: Love Is Blind live reunion show didn't go off as scheduled. Okay, I mean, I was ready for it.
2: Uh, it was just a, they were just you know they were trying stuff out. They didn't know yet.
3: Speaking of which, Love Is Blind's next season drops in like a month, and I'm told there's a local. Just, you know. Really? Someone. This is going to be like... A local when we watch Ameri- contestant. Yeah, we watch American Idol. You root for the guy that's from Buffalo. Yeah. Anyway, Love is Blind. I, need, I, 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 I haven't need, been able to get I needed a Love new season of Love is Blind the moment the Bill season ended, but I'll have to wait a little little more. 803-0550. We'll catch up on some phone calls. Thanks for sticking with us. It is uh, off-season Tuesday. And that's... Off-season yeah, Tuesday. Well, every day is off-season now. Locker clean-out was yesterday. We'll get some more comments in on that. We'll talk a little bit about Gabe Davis and... You know, how the Bills played this. Also, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, both coming up this morning, uh, will carry their pressers live here on WGR. The elements are always going to be a factor. But when you're Buffaloville, Buffalo Bill, you have to get used to it. You have to learn it. We've been learning it for four years. We um, just didn't execute tonight. It's Tyler Bass. When I tell you, he is not even on my radar in this game. I, I mean it. Not even on my radar that he missed that kick. Yeah, maybe. I know it probably should be, but it's just—it is funny that I we asked during the week, like, would you take a
2: forty-five-yard field goal the, coming down to it? It didn't end up being like a forty-four-yard field goal, but that was to again, win, right, Versus
3: this. to tie with a minute forty to go. What what is their win probability if they make that kick? Is it is it in reality or in my brain? In your brain,
2: zero. Okay. What about in reality? Uh, it's like twenty percent.
3: Is that too <laughs> low? I don't know. This is one of those spots where whatever the the analytics would say over the history of football be like, yeah, but this is Patrick Mahomes against the Bills. Yeah. It would be like 89% Mahomes drives them into field goal range, in my head, at least. Right. And again, even if you get the stop, you're going overtime. You're not kicking for the lead. Kicking for the lead would be all right. Let's see what you can do. But for the tie, woof.
2: Um, So we're at our second head coach that's been hired now. Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator, is going to get the Titans job. We have Mayo in New England. I just saw Zach Robinson, who used to be a PFF guy. Chopin Bulldog used to have him on all, all the time. He decided to try coaching, and he might get the Saints offensive
3: coordinator job, which is pretty cool. Very nice. I've got a stat of the day for you on that, like on coaching stuff. Stat of the Day brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. It's a stat slash, it's kind of a note of the day. So Brian Callahan is going to be the next head coach of the Texans. He was the offensive coordinator T- in – Titans, right? Titans, sorry. Yeah. He's the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati and moves on. With that, the Bengals will have to have a new offensive coordinator, and mm. that means that every NFL team will have changed their offensive coordinator since the 2022 offseason. No way. Every single NFL team since 2022's offseason. That can't be right. 2022? Well, think about it, That's a year
2: and a half ago.
3: Yep. Every single NFL team will have changed their offensive coordinator. That is unbelievable. Basically, you're either
2: good and you get a head coaching job. Or you're gone. Or you're you're fired. Yep.
3: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Two years. So who's the
2: longest tenured... Offensive coordinator? Is it like... It's gonna well, it's gonna be someone that was hired a year and a half ago. Yeah, crazy. So it would right? have been
3: Ken Dorsey. It would have had he made it through the season. <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you're on hold, we'll get wow. to you with Sal. Sal's coming up next. Uh, we'll talk with him about locker cleanout day. Get your comments, things you want to know, ask about, get your opinions in. Uh, if you're on hold, stick with us. Sorry to make you wait a little bit, Chris and Steven, Right away, we'll get you guys on with Sal on the other side here on WGR.